The Film Guide with Sam and Chris, part of the St Albans podcast with Danny Smith. Hello and welcome to the St Albans Film Guide uh, with me, local film fan Chris Aikman, and our film guide this week, Dr Samantha Rolfe. Hello, Dr Rolfe. Hello, Mr Chris Aikman. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Uh, So it is the 22nd of April. Uh, 2022 and we're going to go through uh, your films on free-to-air television we're going to do your friday fright night segment uh, we're going to see what films are new to streaming but first of all we're going to see what's new in the cinemas this week so what have we got well one major release that i could find this week chris this is called the unbearable weight of massive talent and boy do i feel that i'm <laughs> i'm sure you do i'm sure you do uh, this is a film i am very much looking forward to yeah, it looks pretty pretty interesting. It's kind of a... Well, my initial instinct was it's a um, being John Malkovich type scenario where the character yeah. plays themselves. Yeah. Well, the, not the character, the actor um, plays themselves as, as a caricature of themselves. I don't know. Yeah, pretty much. And except for it's not it's not John Malkovich this time. It's Nicolas Cage. The, the wonderful Nicolas Cage. I love Nicolas Cage. Always have. Yeah, I think it. I watched the trailer earlier and um, I was kind of like, oh, this seems really, I don't know, <laughs> self indulging. I, I don't know, but I'm sure it's all played for laughs and written in a way that, yeah, is not. I don't know, maybe it is, but that's fine too, I suppose. Well, he is a producer on, on the film, but Nicolas Cage seems like a sort of relatively self aware guy. Mm. He, I think, a lot of people, a lot of people make fun of Nicolas Cage. Uh, and and his output because he does make some big films but then he he makes a lot of like little strange odd films and he has a very sort of particular acting style which i think grates with certain people but i i like that he sort of does something different with everything yeah. and he seems to also no matter what role he's got he seems to to give it a really good go, which is uh, I, I really appreciate. Yeah, I mean, I think I think like some of his um, smaller movies. There was Mandy, which was yes, um, <laughs> a lot, <laughs> and um, but there was a brilliant scene in that where he was just out of control, but like in a way that was felt kind of realistic for the for the situation. If if that happened in real life, yeah. And then what was the one? Uh, there was one where something falls from space. It's all colours. Colour of oh, uh, um, the colour out of space, wasn't that? Yeah, or? yeah, the colour out of space. Yeah, um, that was that was pretty interesting as well. So, but then obviously you've got all his major flicks, Face Off, and you know everyone's seen that. Everyone's seen Face Off. Yeah, and if so, you haven't, get on it. Yeah, sort it out. It's not on free to air television this week, unfortunately. So, um, oh, that's a shame. But yeah, so this. Uh, to give a bit of context to to the movie, I suppose, we've got a Nick Cage who's creatively unfulfilled, facing financial ruin, but his agent offers him $1 million to attend a birthday party of a dangerous superfan, which, you know, that seems pretty dangerous, <laughs> given that the name is in the title of the person. It all seems, you know, kind of a... Uh, just, well, if I do this one job, I've got this million dollars kind of thing, you know, and... Except he then ends up being recruited by the CIA in order to take down this 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 dangerous superfan who is also a supervillain, perhaps. And so he ends up essentially playing the action hero, but in real life. And obviously he doesn't have the safety of the movie world. He's in real life. He's 
potentially in a lot of danger. Yeah. I mean, it's it's got Pedro Pascal in it, who people know from Game of Thrones and more recently Wonder Woman 1984, Sharon Horgan, Tiffany Haddish. It's got a really good cast of actors. And uh, like I say, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. Great. Well, yeah, well, hopefully we'll we'll catch it either on the big screen or soon after that. I'm sure it'll be on a streaming channel near you. On to part two. So this is where we talk about what is new to streaming. Looks like we've got a lot of stuff on Netflix for this week. Talk us through it. Yeah, that's right. I couldn't I couldn't find anything on, on Prime Video. I don't know if it's just they release stuff at the beginning of the month, because I always seem to say this, that, oh, there's nothing of interest or of note coming out on Prime Video. So I don't know. Or whether they just aren't the powerhouse in comparison to Netflix, you know, they're not releasing original content in the same quantity as as Netflix are. I don't know, Chris, do you know? I couldn't possibly say no. You mean you don't have... <laughs> I don't have Amazon Prime Videos, uh, yeah, like insider knowledge about their output in terms of uh, original content compared to Netflix. Okay, I suppose that's what you get for being a local film fan, isn't it? Exactly. I'm. J- I should spread my wings further, really. Mm. Okay. Well, yes. Well, we'll well, let's talk about Netflix then. We've got a few bits. Coming out today, we've got a Netflix special in which, you know, I, I don't want to necessarily talk about this too much, just I thought I'd mention it briefly, um, seeing as it is out. It's not really a film, but Oprah is talking to the legendary Viola Davis uh, in a Netflix special, as I say. So it's kind of a sort of interview about her life and her career and everything and as as conducted by Oprah. So... I thought that might interest the listener. But in terms of film, not until Wednesday the 27th, uh, so you have to wait a few days yet, uh, we've got a movie called Silverton Siege. And this is based on a true story from South Africa uh, when Nelson Mandela was in prison. And it ended up, you know, after you know a series of unfortunate events, including where one of the characters' parents have been essentially murdered by police when he was a child. And it's, you know, it's the time of apartheid in, in South Africa. So lots of tension, race, racial tension there. And so these three uh, freedom fighters, they end up conducting what appears on the surface originally to be a bank robbery, um, but then ends up being a fight for freedom where they realise they only have a couple of options really in this horrible scenario where they're either going to end up in prison or killed. Um, And so they decide to try and negotiate for the release of Nelson Mandela. Okay. Yeah, it seems like a very interesting story. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those where, you know, here in our Western education it's one of those things that we're not going to be learning about in school, is it? So we need these kind of films to tell the stories, you know, even if they are somewhat fictionalised version of events. But these stories do need to be out there so we can we can understand this this these things from every side of history and not just the ones we see in our history books written by white people. So, yeah, I think... Um, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I think it does look interesting, like you said. So so when is Silverstone Siege out on Netflix? Uh, this This is out on Wednesday, the 27th of April. Okay, and also out on Wednesday, 27th of April, there's another film on Netflix. Yeah, that's right. Uh, We've got The Mystery of Marilyn Monroe, The Unheard Tapes. So this is looks like a very um, similar kind of structure to a lot of kind of true crime documentaries uh, that you're finding on Netflix these days. You know, where we've someone somewhere has dug up some recordings 
And this time it happens to be of Marilyn Monroe, uh, various interviews and so forth. And her death was surrounded in a lot of mystery at the time and still to this day. Uh, we've got, you know, was was it an overdose? Was it a murder? Was it an accident? What is it that actually happened? Do these tapes bring out any new information? My guess is maybe and probably not, because I'm assuming we would have heard about it in the news. <laughs> <laughs> However, you know, it is, it's one of those where it is an interesting thing and it's a horrible thing to have happened to her given you know let a woman live her life and she ended up in some horrible scenarios and and all this stuff so very complicated she led a she had a tough life especially in sort of in the early years in childhood so sort of make it to be at one point probably the most famous person on the planet it's very uh sort of an exceptional journey The, the occasionally with these netflix documentaries like you say with the true crime ones they do sometimes some we've watched what was the one about that unfortunate young woman who um, um, died at a hotel in Amanda. Was that her name? Um, I can't remember, but she no. she she met an unfortunate end in a hotel in was it San Francisco or Los Angeles, and it basically the the series about it got very conspiracy theory heavy. Sorry, Ali- uh, Eliza Lamb. Oh, that was Amanda. it. Yeah, um, um, and I, yeah. we we stopped watching because it was just like nope. These it just started interviewing people who have spent far too much of their time looking for clues that just aren't there to try and find strange, outlandish answers to what really on the face of it has quite a simple explanation. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so this was in the um, the, the Cecil uh, Hotel. Yes, um, that was it. In Los Angeles, yeah. Of course, it would be amazing if there was an explanation, but it just seems it was just a horrible, unfortunate series of events which led to her death. And yeah, so like you say, we just had to give up on it because it wasn't providing anything Yeah, that was satisfying, really. And, and all it seemed to be doing was, was shy, giving a stage to these like fringe groups of people yeah. trying to yeah get to answers that just aren't there but anyway we've we've gone off we have topic dig- quite a bit yes we have we have digressed uh quite so, so that was the mystery of Marilyn Monroe the unheard tapes which is uh released on Netflix on Wednesday 27th uh but on then Thursday 28th there's something else new that's right this is an anime called Bubble and it looks really, really good. Classic style of animation. And this is a story set in Tokyo. The sort of sci-fi element of it where there are these bubbles that break the laws of gravity. And instead of, you know, as bubbles tend to, float up and away and are sort of governed by the air, the sort of air around it, they end up raining down on the world and wreak havoc, of course, in that respect. So Tokyo ends up being cut off from the outside world. And so it becomes a playground for a group of young people who have lost their families, acting as a battlefield for parkour team battles. <laughs> and, you know, what else is there to do when... <laughs> well, I've got to get your parkour team battles. Uh, you know, that's yeah. how I like to battle if, any, if I ever come up against anyone. Exactly. You know, a face-off in terms of parkour, much more fun than yep. uh, violence. <laughs> so uh, we follow the the story of Hibiki, who is a, a young ace known for his dangerous play style. And of course, you know, if you're 
pushing the limits of what you can do in this strange new world, he ends up making a reckless move and plummets into a gravity-bending sea. But fortunately, his life is saved by Uta, uh, who is a girl with mysterious powers. And then the pair of them hear a unique sound audible only to them. So why is it that Uta appears for Hibiki? Well, you'll have to watch to find out, Chris. What a cliffhanger, a way to end that description. So that's the three films on Netflix this coming week. Silverton Siege, The Mystery of Marilyn Monroe, The Unheard Tapes and Bubble. So part three is Sam's Friday Fright Night, where she picks a movie that is uh, generally a horror movie or purports to be a horror movie. And uh, we talk about that. So last time you picked a film from India, uh, specifically the film Boomaka, which came out in 2021. Uh, we watched it together. And uh, Sam, try to try to condense the plot into one sentence for me. Oh, that's a that's a challenge, Chris. Yep. Okay. No one takes climate change seriously except a ghost who is out to destroy anyone who impacts the world in a negative climate climate change in fashion. That was pretty good actually. That that has pretty much summed it up. Grand. I was expecting that to be harder. Good work. <laughs> except my note here is there's so much going on. What is your focus? <laughs> Yes, so Boomika. <laughs> it's in Tamil, so it's an Indian movie produced in the Tamil language, and it is. Uh, apologies in advance. We we have this problem obviously with my segment on my uh, my episodes of the podcast where we to, do where to next, where we go around the world, where uh, obviously pronunciation by ignorant British people like myself can be an issue. So apologies in advance to any of these people if we pronounce your names incorrectly. But it's written and directed by uh, Rathradan R. Prasad and it's a sort of eco-thriller. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's like a horror thriller type thing. Yeah. So I think, like I say this a lot, I, I often go into these into these movies having not really, you know, done much beyond watch the trailer. I haven't looked up what it's about. I don't yep. know anything. So based on the trailer, it appeared to be on the face of it, a group of people going to a uh, rundown area that's, you know, several buildings, they're going to redevelop the area. And in doing so, they are set upon by what appears to be a sort of a paranormal activity of some kind. Yep. That is literally all the trailer provides as a indication of what the movie could be about. And the first like 20 minutes to half an hour, maybe 45 minutes, it's a, it's a couple hours long this movie, was actually pretty much like that. And in a way, it was a little bit criticised because it has such a sort of textbook approach to a monster or ghost or whatever in the house genre type horror you know horror movie and yeah it, it it was pretty i'm pretty sure i said that to you at the time chris that it seemed pretty textbook like it was going along those lines and then i don't know i mean i don't know necessarily know if we need to go into spoilers too much uh too early but it, the movie does a flip doesn't it yeah a little bit a little it, bit a little bit um <laughs> that's british for yes it was out of this world <laughs> It, so, so the film. I will preface uh, before we you know, go into any spoilers. I will say overall, I didn't dislike it, but also at the same time, wouldn't 
I don't think, ever watch it again, nor particularly recommend it to anyone. Yeah, I, I don't think, know. I think I would probably agree with you there. Yes. There was stuff to enjoy in it. There was also a lot of stuff that was sort of downright silly. In terms of stuff that I enjoyed, I thought the setting was very good. I you know, they've chosen this this very good large abandoned area to film this in and mm-hmm. and certainly the opening bits as well there's a lot of um lovely photography of the the Indian sort of rural Indian countryside and there's some there's some good bits of of quite sort of dry comedy in there. Mm. Um Yeah, I really liked that as well. Especially the character of Aditi uh who is the the younger sister of, of one of the main characters and she's uh she's sort of presented as being quite self-involved and also a bit sort of you know nice but dim doesn't quite catch on what's going on all the time and she's sort of quite sort of dry and and the comic relief character but my sort of main issue with it with it would be well not a main issue that it has this bit where these these characters they set up the characters and who they are and their relationships to one another grand that's what every movie should do it takes them to this location, you know what their purpose is, why they're in this location. And then there's suddenly a scene where one of the characters is texting someone. And she's like, oh, I'm texting this person who I used to go to school with. And the other character is like, oh, yeah, he was cute. You know, let's let's text him. And then suddenly out of like kind of nowhere, this ghost story sort of begins. And it felt quite abrupt to me. There'd been sort of no real build up to that point. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Um, I, do, I don't know if I minded that so much because you've got to have some catalyst to begin You've it. got to have it start somewhere, but it was the fact that they like were like, oh, I'm texting this person who is literally being introduced now as this mm. thing. Although, slight spoilers, I suppose the person they were texting had been introduced. Yes, um, but we didn't have... Short- short scene at the beginning but you had no it was hard to make the connection there wasn't there was no reason why you'd make the connection yeah um between the opening scene and what's going on now but they 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 start basically this this thing this person starts communicating with them through their phone even after uh the battery has been removed from the phone Mm -hmm. yes the battery being removed from the phone (laughs) now i want to give them the benefit of the doubt in this because it looked like it was a smartphone and in most smartphones, obviously, it has an internal battery that cannot be removed. Not unlike the good old days where you can just remove a battery from the phone. <laughs> However, I don't. I, I'm give, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt that because is there like cheaper versions of smartphones where you can actually remove a battery? Honestly, I have no idea, but it's not impossible. Of course, of course. It just it just took me back to uh, Mega Piranha Chris, where. Um... <laughs> Starring eighties <laughs> pop, pop sensation, sensation Tiffany, yeah. Yeah, and um, where that phone in that like jumped about in model and make, let alone the the fact they took out the battery of a phone that you can't take a battery out of. But I'm pretty sure as well they plugged the battery into a helicopter at one point. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think we're... I think they were like, we need to charge this, so they plugged it into a helicopter they were in. Uh-huh. I think they just pulled some wires out and that. But okay, so also linking back to Boomika from Mega Piranha, which is gold. It's terrible, but it's gold. That movie used the the classic, we'll take a scene and then retroactively in post, bring it down so it looks like it's at night. Whereas I was watching for that quite a lot in this movie and I feel like they actually did film at night or in low lighting at least. For the most part they did. There was maybe a couple of times Mm. where I think it was daytime. 
Yeah, but, but I think like that added to what I thought was like quite a good horror ambiance in that space that they had. Yes, but I I, I don't know if we I feel we should explain more to the listener so the, the of the of the plot so the the characters you have who want to redevelop this site they have a young their young son with them who oh, yeah I forgot is about him near, he he yeah the characters regularly do as well yes he. <laughs> He is not communicative. He's, I think, four years old, and he yeah. he can say certain things, but he doesn't make words. He can make sort of sounds, but doesn't make words. And his mother's trying to work with him. She's a speech therapist herself, or a, a psychologist, I think. Mm, yep. And she's trying to work with him. But then they start, they get this communications from, through the phone, and, and this the psychologist, Sam, her name is. Um, yes, yeah. <laughs> she she works out by the way that this this person is communicating through the phone that has no battery uh, the, about the the way their sentences are structured uh, that they think this person well this this person or entity wants them to investigate a a mystery that happened it's the Mount Roseyard school mystery which they work out involved a girl's death on Mount Roseyard school which turns out is where they are it's an abandoned school and there was this death and no one knows what happens in this death and this this entity wants them to to investigate but they work out i mean are are we getting into spoiler territory here i mean given that we have said that we wouldn't recommend people to watch it i don't (laughs) know that's true that's true should we, should we, let's just let's just i think if you feel like you want to watch this and you don't want spoilers then skip ahead i don't know five minutes or so but otherwise, I don't think we're going to put a timestamp on this one. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So Sam puts it together. The person or the entity that they're communicating with is autistic. Makes makes some good leaps in in logic and and works out that the they're autistic. So then they go find some more books and magazines around the building and find out that there was a young girl called Boomerka who was the daughter of the school librarian, and she was autistic. And she actually perished uh, mysteriously. And when they find this out, the movie, as we've sort of hinted to, then goes into exposition dump mode and just does a 30-minute flashback explaining everything, essentially. Which, yeah. Not it's... everything. doesn't actually explain no. how she died, but explains Boomerka's entire past. Mm. And everything like that. Which, yeah, it's not necessarily the best way to tell a story. But at the same time, I don't know. Like, this movie does not hold back on its explicit messaging. So no, this explains, you know, that, yes, she was the daughter of the librarian, but she wasn't allowed to attend the school because she had autism. And so, you know, it would be too shameful for the school to possibly allow you know, a human being to get an education in 2007, mind you, because this was like, oh, all the way back in 2007. And it was like, yeah, that wasn't that long ago. So I, I don't know if, you know, if this was meant to be an educational explanation of to anyone watching that, you know, people are people, humans deserve all Everyone deserves to have the right to education. They they also set up that obviously Boomerka is um, a very good artist. She loves to paint. Mm-hmm. She paints on everything. She paints on paper. She paints on walls, on floors. Um, and also she loves nature as yeah. well. 
So she's very connected to to the earth, to nature, um, to her surroundings. Um, Specifically to a tree. She has a favourite tree. Yeah. So then her, her father, who um, is trying to get her to have enough knowledge to be able to take uh, the exam that um, I can't remember exactly what they called the exam, but, you know, like a GCSE essentially for in in India. Um, maybe I'm wrong there, but um, that was my it, it, Yeah, it was some sort of qualification that she was... Yeah. And so he go, takes her to the tree, um, I assume pretty much every day, and gives her lessons there. And she enjoys this time, loves the tree. Um, there's also a squirrel um, that she enjoys watching and is kind of a an inspiration for her paintings and like you say it's it's complete exposition dump but it does have to almost kind of do that a little bit in order to then go back and not have because it doesn't they they don't then really no I don't know maybe they did (laughs) it's presented as well because they find this newspaper article about Boomika because she'd, she'd been spotted as this talented artist by a famous uh, Indian painter. And oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, that was another he, thread. <laughs> he trained her and he was going to... Um, she, she won a competition, an art competition. Uh, and, the, well, that's what, and, then, and then she wins an arts competition that she's entered into, and then she's allowed into the school, isn't she? Yes. They say, oh, you're allowed in because, you know, good publicity for the school... But yeah. at the same time, the school is being is selling land to developers, mm. mm-hmm. and they and the school's in this in this lovely wooded area, and they're going to start chopping down trees and stuff. Um, and Boomika does not like this. Uh, and then one of the characters, one of the, in in back in sort of the present day, uh, Darman, who's sort of like a handyman custodian, he he makes the connection between Boomika and the earth um, being like, like the same. They, they, she, you know, Boomika doesn't like, she never liked artificial clothing. She didn't like, she only wore clothes made of natural ingredients. She yeah, didn't like anyone sort of doing anything to, to hurt trees or anything like that. And then it sort of, it's when the very explicit climate change message came in. Yeah. The, the earth is warming in order to kill, you know, when you're, bod- when you're sick, your body heats up in a fever to kill off the virus. And so that's what the earth is doing to kill off, you know, human beings. Which, the Gaia hypothesis. The, yes. Yes. Uh, which I, I see what they were saying. And Chris, I, I, you, I know you don't necessarily hundred percent agree with what I'm about to say, but yep. they, yes, they say it's a Gaia hypothesis and they then, the way they say it, makes it as if oh the earth is heating itself in order to kill off the virus which is human beings because Mm -hmm. human beings are building destroying and so forth which then does not lay the emphasis or attribute the problem to human beings itself it attributes the problem of global warming climate change to the earth which is a very fine detail, but I think it's an important one. But I know you don't necessarily feel like that was... I maybe took it quite literally, is all I'm saying. Well, because it wasn't the first time that climate change had come up as a theme in the movie. So I think because uh, when they first arrive at the police, one of the characters is an architect. She's quite a well, 
well-known architect. Yeah, to all the men's surprise. My goodness, a woman? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when they're first introduced to the place, she's like, oh, this would be great. There's so much nature around. And one of the other characters is like, yeah, great. We can cut it all down. Um, <laughs> and she's like, uh, nah. And so I think I think mm. the climate change has been put in there. The guy hypothesis thing, though, is, is sort of secondary because basically they then put two and two together that this entity of Boomika, who is is haunting them, who wanted them to work out the mystery. After she died, there were a load of deaths around the school area. That that's why the school ended up sort of shutting down. Mm. And they were all the deaths were in to do with people involved in construction. So thus, sort of harming the nature that she so loved. Yeah. And then it sort of reaches the kind of climax where Aditi. Uh, again, the youngest sister character reaches a point where she can't take it anymore, and she smashes the phone that they've been using to communicate with Boomika, and that's when Boomika actually shows up. And this was this was a bit actually I thought was was quite effective, sort of horror movie style. I actually I thought, oh, this is getting tense now because especially the way they did the ghost, like presented the ghost. She's sort of like. I don't know how to describe it, but like kind of pixelated and but like she has sort of bits floating off of her. Yeah, I really liked the the SFX of the ghost. But yeah, I don't know how to exactly describe the effect either. And she she starts like going after, you know, everyone. And I thought that yeah, I thought it sort of got a bit tense there. I at no point would I say uh, again, qualifying that I'm generally a big old wuss when it comes to this sort of thing. At no point was I scared by any of this. <laughs> so, yeah, one for the kids, this one. <laughs> there are a few sort of like tense, ever so slightly creepy bits, but I would I would say that at no point was I, yeah, traumatised. I'm going to go off on a slight tangent here. I was, I was listening to another podcast. I won't say what, but there are other podcasts out there. I, I, you know, I don't know if you know this. Sorry, what? And they had a discussion on this podcast about what the difference between a horror and a thriller is. Do you have any idea? I know I'm just throwing this out there to you. You weren't prepared for this. But do you have any in like insight as to what you think the difference between a horror and a thriller is? I would say a horror should reach into you and unseat your deepest rooted, <laughs> deepest rooted fears, and bring them to the surface, and make you realise the sheer terror of the world around you. Whereas a thriller is like spies. <laughs> <laughs> and like it's a bit more actiony. No, I think you should, no real... leave it at, you should leave it as a thriller is spies. <laughs> There's no real consequence to the to the like it doesn't affect you personally on a on any emotional level. It's just a bit of like gun shooting and car chases. Uh, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I'm about to bring some examples up. <laughs> so you can sit there and watch horror movies though and not be scared by them at all. Yes, because I find I'm amazing. So no, no, <laughs> yes, but Slash no. Slash very so, ill. <laughs> but then I've picked movies I consider to be more thrillers. So we watched David Fincher's The Game one time. No, 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 no. We, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm about to say. 
which is you would argue is a thriller. It's not no, a horror. It's, it's a thriller. A horror through and through. <laughs> you can't change your. You can't change because it's got gunfight. It's got gun shooting. It's got someone being sort of chased. Well, yeah, it's... but so have a bunch of horror movies. But I'm just saying, like the 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 thriller element is that it doesn't it doesn't chill you to your bones. It just passes you by. You're like, cool, that was a no, a, a blast. But there's, you know, I'm not, I'm not like gonna no, think about this so, again and again. You were so tense when watching the game. Yeah, because it's a horror. That, that, movie. that doesn't then make it a horror. Of course, it is. It makes it an effective thriller. No. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You, you're okay. You, your difference between a horror and a thriller can't be horrors are good, <laughs> thrillers aren't. I didn't say they weren't good. I just said. That they you just forget not... about them. So as soon as something makes you tense, it becomes a horror. Mm, not necessarily. If it plays upon any of your deepest rooted fears and brings them to the forefront of your brain and then stays with you forever, that is a horror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that also then depends entirely on your deepest rooted th- fears. So that would mean that the, it, it becomes different for whoever's watching it. Well, yeah, that's called subjective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, but you still put something into genre. One of the things that this other podcast brought up was about um, agency, mm-hmm. uh, the characters having agency, and like spies. Like, well, that's that, that's the thing. So no, it, because they are part of agencies. Uh, okay, I, okay, I get it now. But horror is often something is being done to the characters. And the yes. characters themselves don't have agency. They're, they're reacting to what is happening to them. Whereas in a thriller, characters have more agency to do something. So they're often the ones that are moving the plot on. And stuff's, there's stuff still happening around them. So like in the game, for instance, Michael Douglas is, is having stuff done to him. But he is also has agency to act in a certain way about what is happening. Whereas something where... Uh, you're in a haunted house. I can't think of an example particularly, but say you're in a haunted house and and ghosts are happening to you. Okay. Um, like hostels or hostels or um, like cabin very, in the woods. Yeah, those are like really obvious examples where it, every, yeah, you're put they those people those characters are put into a scenario and they're they, merely they're merely reacting to what's yeah. happening for the most part. But that was that was obviously it's not a hard and fast rule. But I just thought no. it was an interesting question as to what is the difference between a horror and a thriller well and yours is horror reaches into the deepest darkest reaches of your soul and thriller is spies (laughs) yep (laughs) okay well glad we could answer that question Uh, so (laughs) back to boomica yeah we've talked a lot longer about this than i thought we would agreed any final thoughts on boomica as a as a as a film as a story as a work of art i Liked what they did with the horror elements. I thought the special effects were really quite good surrounding um, the Boomika ghost. And yeah, there was a bit of dry comedy in there, which I liked. But overall, I think it was a bit too topsy-turvy. And it reminded me of, and you told me this the other day, and I've totally forgotten it again, that movie where everyone gets small so that they can... Downsizing downsizing where they just didn't have a focus on what message they actually wanted to provide and they had so many threads that yes they all interlinked but just pick a theme so overall 
fear factor from me is like, I mean, this feels generous now that we've been talking about it. I wrote down two out of 10, <laughs> but really it's, it's, it's scraping a one in terms of the actual like horror of it. But of course, you know, climate change is a 10 out of 10 fear factor. So that really brings it up. But yeah, like, yeah, if, if you want to watch a, a wild ride, then go for it. There you go. So what are we watching next then for Sam's Friday Fright Night? So next time I have picked a Japanese movie. Ooh. And this is one I actually had considered a little while back, actually similarly to Boomaka. Um, I had this on a, a list of what to watch next. It's called Homunculus. And this is actually based on a manga uh, from, I think, 2000s, something around that. And this is about a man who um, is homeless and he's an amnesiac who awakens from an experimental medical procedure. And now he's a, he's got this ability to see people's innermost traumas, which sounds pretty friggin' terrifying. Uh, so sort of the trailer... Definitely horror then. <laughs> yeah, it's an 18 as well. So I think it's probably going to have a bit more sort of maybe gore or... Injury, injury detail or something like that compared to say Boomerka, which only a, which only a fifteen. And yeah, so the trailer he he's he's sort of looking around dazed, clearly maybe just come out of this, been dumped on the street, maybe I don't know um, from his procedure. Looking around for whatever reason, happens to cover one of his eyes and starts seeing this lady who's talking on the phone a few meters away from him on the street and her body kind of lifts up from her waist and then her skirt starts like spinning around and all this sort of odd things. And he's like, what is going on? And she obviously notices him staring at her and kind of was like, Oh, there's a weird guy here. I've got to go. And then he sort of realizes what he's doing, starts to walk away. And then it's like, what does it again? Covers his eye, looks down the street to where there's many more people and starts, all the people start transforming into various horrors um, a lady who's walking with a man. Uh, she ends up covered in chains, so you could infer maybe she feels trapped and chained up by this relationship with this person. Various other things, lots of sort of monstery looking creatures. So yeah, it's like, what's what's going to happen with that? Well, I'm looking forward to it. Homunculus on Netflix. Part four, films on free-to-air television, Friday, 22nd of April. What have we got, Sam Rolfe? Well, Christopher Aikman, we've got a really fun animation that explores so many stages of animation throughout history and brings it all together in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. One of the best superhero movies of all time. It's a joy to watch every time. Yeah, if you think, oh, I hate superhero movies, fair enough, there's way too many of them. But this one is, yeah, if you were going to watch one, I would say watch this. This one does, it does something different, like you say, it's it's animated, but in all different manners. There's sometimes half a dozen different animation styles in one scene, and it's just exceptionally clever and very well done. So that's at 4.35 on film four. Saturday, 23rd of April, we've got two films, one in the afternoon, one in the evening. First of all, we have Legally Blonde. Yeah, I mean, this is classic teen film where a sort of ditzy blonde who isn't expected to amount to much goes off to law school to prove, actually, do you know what? I'm not as ditzy as you think I am. That's, you know, uh, let me be me. 
and I can still do anything that I put my mind to because, you know, yeah, patriarchy. Let's get over it. And she goes off, does amazing things. It's Reese Witherspoon being amazing. And it's just, it's great. Good fun. That's at 4.55 p.m. on Five Star. And then at 9 p.m. on Great Movies, we have Ryan Johnson's Looper. We've got Bruce Willis and Jason Gordon-Levitt. No. Joseph. Joseph. <sighs> You're so close. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Every time I get one of his names wrong, I'm so sorry. Yeah, he. it's a sort of time-traveling movie where Joseph plays Bruce's. <laughs> We're on first name terms now. <laughs> Joseph and Bruce, yeah. Uh, plays his younger self and there's stuff happens and it's it's quite quite good <laughs> i don't like beautiful it's description <laughs> yeah it's it's genuinely too complicated a movie to really go into that much detail about but good uh, and enjoyable yes it is indeed sunday 24th of april on at 155 on five star we've got the original and some may say superior jumanji that's right i picked this it seemed like a nice sunday afternoon romp through a little you know classic from back in the day uh, robin williams and just a bit of family fun yeah definitely uh, it's got kirsten dunst in there as well recent oscar nominee kirsten dunst and uh yeah good fun sorry recent, monday recent sorry. oscar nominee recent oscar nominee she was nominated for the power of the dog has she not had has she not had all the oscars no this was her first ever oscar nomination for kirsten dunst i am disgusted and sickened to my core sort it out hollywood what's wrong with you <laughs> Uh, she she sadly didn't win, but she did she did get nominated for the first time. Yes, yeah, she has been working since she was but a child, a mere child in and the in, early nineties. And in so many amazing, she is okay. Anyway, I, this is another Amy Adams situation. I can't. We we could go into um, Sam's love of Kirsten Dunst, but that's a whole podcast in of itself. Uh, Monday, the twenty fifth of April at nine pm on Film Four, we got Independence Day. That's right. Don't get this confused with another movie that's. Uh, from 2016, also called Independence Day, but spelt differently. It's one of those spoofs, and that's also on this week. Uh, so <laughs> careful <laughs> sure. when you're putting together the, the list of free-to-air television. Yeah, this this is, the, you know, the classic alien invasion with people ended up saving the day. Spoiler alert. Oh, no, Sam. Where it's very, very handy that aliens who have travelled across space and time happen to have the same uh, USB connection technology. Otherwise, <laughs> I don't know what we would have done. <laughs> nope. Um, it would have been... We'd have been screwed, really. So, talking of aliens, uh, on Wednesday, the 27th of April at 9pm on ITV4, it's Ridley Scott's 1979 sci-fi horror classic, Alien. Does Ellen Ripley not have agency in this movie, Chris? Uh, well, this is the thing. They're reacting to what is happening to them. Yeah, but she... She fights back, but she's constantly on the back foot. Mm, okay. Well, okay. Yeah. Not necessarily... In a th okay, we could get into this again. <laughs> but, so you, are you saying this is a thriller because you just watch it and you forget it? No, I don't like that definition. <laughs> we'll talk about it again. We'll, we'll work on our uh, definition. Like I say, it was just a, it was just a, a thought experiment. Of course, to put it of out course, there. of course. No, I appreciate those that kind of that kind of thought experiment. But yes, Alien. If you've never seen this, please, even if you're not a fan of horror, it's just fantastic. It is well, the all-time classics, and despite being over forty years old, uh, a lot of the effects and the the 
the costuming, the animatronics, and it, the atmospherics still very much hold up. It's a, a beautifully made film. It slaps. It it does. <laughs> it does indeed <laughs> slap. Uh, that should go on the poster. It slaps, Dr. Samantha Rolf. And Thursday, 28th of April, on 4-7 at 10pm, we have Passengers. Yeah, another sci-fi thriller, I don't know anymore, <laughs> <laughs> where we've got... Uh, is it Chris Pratt? One of the Chris's. It is indeed. Is it you, Chris Aikman? No. Um, I would have told you about that. Jennifer Lawrence, who are traveling through space and time. All is not as it seems. And it's 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 okay, which isn't a good <laughs> <laughs> oh, Good, yep. No, I think we, we did enjoy watching this, didn't we? But I think the very linear storytelling was a bit of a shame. It, it could have been made... It could have been a bit more interesting if if they played around a little bit with the sort of timeline and stuff like that. But otherwise, yep. very, very cool scene where gravity is lost on the ship at one point and a swimming pool of water is then free floating. And yeah, so, so interesting stuff to, to be seen in there as well. Indeedy doody. Right. So that is it. Uh, for say that again. Indeedy doody. <laughs> So that is it for the uh, St Albans Film Guide this week. And uh, we'll be back again in a couple of weeks' time with my one and our next Where To Next. Uh, uh, But remember, please do go watch Homunculus on uh, Netflix. Uh, That's Sam's pick for Friday Fright Night. And please do email sam at stalbanspodcast.com or chris at stalbanspodcast.com if you have any comments uh, or reviews or any input as to whether what defines a thriller or a horror uh, we would love to hear from you but we will see you again soon sam yes see you again soon chris bye-bye bye I was worried you'd uh, died at that long pause you took in the first part. <laughs> like I, yeah, I couldn't think. Like I couldn't think of the word. I think like payoff or something, a million pound, something, and then not pounds, but yeah. <laughs> it just took took so long for you to start the sentence again. Yeah, no, my brain like fully shut down. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, right, just say a million dollars. It's fine. You don't have to have like a descriptive after the million dollar. Nope. It was fine, but yeah, so I was just like, what do I say? What do I say? Right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs>